Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. After a little hiatus for the month of January, I've cracked out back-to-back episodes of The Wonder Brand Show. This one is a collaboration episode with Sucker Radio. Uh, it will be airing on both platforms, also MMASucka.com, the Sucker Radio platform, and of course SoundCloud for The Wonder Brand Show. This week I'm going to be joined by filmmaker, writer, Mark Kriegel. This guy has a documentary on Showtime that uh, premiered Friday, February 24th. It's called Prison Fighters, Five Rounds to Freedom. It examines a controversial practice in Thailand's criminal justice system whereby inmates can earn their freedom by winning a series of Muay Thai fights. What? This documentary i i have to say i saw a preview of it um prior to the premiere on friday um i actually watched it more than once uh you you won't hear that in the interview because i spoke to mark prior to finishing the entire documentary but i've watched it a couple times and i am nothing more actually i am way more than blown away by this uh documentary and and what they're doing in the Thai prison system. It's something that you not necessarily would have seen over here in North America. It's it's pretty insane. And uh, they did a great job with this film from start to finish following um, one man's journey in, in the prison system. It's pretty damn cool. So before we get to the interview with Mark Kriegel, I'd like to thank my sponsors of the show, uh, Fusion Fight Gear, these guys have the best stuff in terms of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, licensed products. Superman, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you're interested in any of this stuff, then you have to check out FusionFightGear.com. BCKimonos.ca if you're interested in the top-of-the-line Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu geese, these guys have you covered. Check it out, bckimonos.ca, as well as floathouse.ca. Sensory deprivation tanks, if you do not know what those are, uh, you've probably been hiding under a rock because everyone and their dog knows what floating is in this day and age. If you listen to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, He quite often talks about floats, and he has a float tank in his own house. So how damn cool is that? If you cannot afford to have one in your house, make sure you check out floathouse.ca. They have a number of locations in the lower mainland in British Columbia area. So check out floathouse.ca for all your sensory deprivation tank needs. That does it for the sponsors. I know sometimes people skip over these things, but these guys do a lot of help to keep the show Sucker Radio and the Wonder Brand show running. So thank you to those sponsors. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode with filmmaker of Prison Fighters Five Rounds to Freedom, Mark Kriegel. From Vancouver, Canada to the masses. From Vancouver, Canada to the masses. The Wonder Brand Show, hosted by Jeremy Brand, will bring you the best in pop culture. Boom! Joining the show now... Very, very excited for this one. He is the man behind a new documentary that airs on Showtime Sports Friday, February 24th. He's the man behind a ton of cool little documentaries. Mark Kriegel joins the show. Mark, thanks for joining me, man. My pleasure. How are you today? 
I am, as I said, off the air. You're a little, a little sick, huh? A little under the weather. Yeah, nasally. It uh, doesn't sound so good for podcasting, but so be it. We're going to get through this. So the reason why I got you on the show, I, I was emailed about this uh, documentary you've got that's coming out on Friday, February 24th, <laughs> Prison Fighters, Five Rounds to Freedom. Um, I was able to catch a preview of it, and I, I have to say, uh, very interesting work, man. Thank you very much. Um, it's really, uh, as much as mine, it's, it's a guy named uh, Micah Brown, who's a, a freelance uh, shooter, cameraman, producer, director in Kansas, of all places. And he uh, asked himself, what's the best damn thing I could do? And he found this prison fight concept. And he started traveling to Thailand to find out who runs it and set it up. And he was meeting with guys in like, you know, steam rooms and alleys. And, um, he'd been, you know, wedded to this concept for a while and he pitched it to Showtime. My producer for the all access fight series brought me in um, as, a, as a writer producer, but uh, Mike has been obsessed with this for a number of years now. And I have to say when they first pitched me on it, I, I was kind of hooked because if you look at it, <clears throat> guys fighting their way out of pre out of prison in, in a in a martial arts tournament no matter what the discipline is as a dramatic construct it has the best elements of um a fight movie and a you know a, a, a prison break movie and again as a, as a dramatic construct it's sort of it's kind of like dana white meets dostoevsky in crime and punishment <laughs> So yeah, for it's sure. Hard, it's hard to screw that kind of material up. That it is. Um, I, I want to dive backwards a little bit before we talk about the film a little bit more. Just talk about yourself. I, I was researching you before I had you on the show here, and I know you know you went to college and university for journalism and whatnot. What was it that got you interested in filmmaking, though? It wasn't. It was uh, that was pretty much uh, pretty much an accident. Um, I, my my specialty or one of my specialties as a writer has become combat sports. I, mean, I did probably the first major magazine piece on the UFC uh, back when it was owned by, you know, Bob Myrowitz for Esquire uh, in the mid nineties. And I always loved covering boxing. I was a newspaper columnist for, for a long time in New York. And the best assignment I could get was boxing because it, it, it worked. I mean, for the, for the same reason that boxing and now MMA have drawn generations of, of writers. You know, you're looking for conflict. And when it comes to combat sports, you really don't have to look that hard. Um, what's more is that the, as, as you know, from, from talking to fighters, from being around the game, the action is more psychological even than it is physical. I mean, guys walk into the ring or the octagon and they're alone and you get to see them, how they react to the most, the greatest kinds of pressure completely alone and sort of naked to the world. And they can either um, rise majestically or, you know, I thought one of the, or they can collapse like, like Ronda Rousey did. Yeah, and you yeah. could see that even on, on her way into the ring, you could see, you could see how psychologically fractured she already was um, as opposed to say, I don't mean to get off the subject here, but if you look at a guy like McGregor or Ali um, or Mayweather, 
when they're on their way into the ring, you don't see any tension. They're relaxed. They're happy. Um, and that shows in the way that, that they fight. When you saw someone like uh, Ronda on her way into the ring, you go, oh, she's going to lose. Same thing with, um, if you look back, Tyson Holyfield. You could tell the guy's going to break. Um, so it, it, what, what drew me to the fight sports was being a writer. This is just, um, I, I started when I, when I worked through, when I started working for Showtime, they had me write the all access series primarily for like the Mayweather fight. So I learned how to write, um, for, you know, nonfiction television. We won a couple Emmys and, and that's how, that's how I got involved. Uh, the plan was never to be a filmmaker. I mean, most of my work for the last 15 years has been as a biographer. I did a, a couple books, one on a, a fighter named Boom Boom Mancini. Yeah, yeah. Who killed someone in the ring. So, um, but I, it was, the filmmaking came uh, entirely by accident, but I'm doing a lot of stuff now. I do a, a series for Showtime, a digital series called The Reveal. Yeah, I was checking that out um, earlier. It's pretty, that it's really interesting. We have one on uh, Danny Garcia we just posted up, and I'd love to, I'd love to expand it to include... Um, all fighters, all athletes, because I, I mean, I, I always, I always thought that the argument about MMA versus boxing was, was BS. I thought that MMA was, was one of the best things to happen to boxing because it, it forced boxing to compete. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's, that's, that's my, uh, long answer to your <laughs> story of how I became a, how I became a, uh, a filmmaker and, and the filmmaking and, and for sure. And, and that didn't, wasn't just combat sports though. You were involved with the NFL network and stuff as well, right? Right. Well, you can argue that the NFL is a combat sport as well. That you can. I'm not with. sure they would, but I'm just joking. <laughs> but, but yeah, I do the NFL network as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now let's talk prison fighters. This, this thing, it's mm-hmm. an, an hour and a half, basically documentary on Thai fighters that are fighting their way out of prison. Um, you right. said that Micah Micah Brown is the guy who who got involved in this. When you heard about it, you you became hooked. Um, what was it like traveling down to Thailand and and experiencing this all as a first hand? Like, were these guys inviting you in there, or did it take some work to sort of get inside of, access? It took a lot of work by. I'm sorry. It took a lot of work by Micah and and the midwife of this project, Jason Bowers. You know, my producer on the all access stuff. Um, so we, we thought about it conceptually for a long time before we went over there. And of course, once we went over there, everything went wrong and the fight was canceled and it was not canceled and it was canceled and it was not canceled. Um, but it, it, it's a pretty difficult proposition bringing over, I guess we had three or four shooters, um, for this documentary for, from the, the first period of shooting was, was close to a month, about three weeks or so. Um, and then it was the NFL season. They went back for the, for, for the concluding scene. Um, Micah and, and Jason and, and the crew did. Um, I stayed back cause it was NFL season, but yeah. I had to get paid, but um, <laughs> it's, it's a different, it's a completely different country than they're pretty, pretty completely different culture than anything you see in North America. And, um, Muay Thai is like, um, is their national pastime. Like baseball is 
for us in, in, um, in the States. And there's one difference in that baseball is baseball, soccer is soccer, they're sports. Muay Thai is at some level fighting, it's violence. So you're not really asking, can a guy sort of rehabilitate himself through learning to play soccer or teaching kids to play soccer or baseball or teaching kids to read. Ultimately, what you're asking is, can a violent man redeem himself and earn his freedom through violent acts? And that's what makes it contradictory. That's what makes you keep asking the questions. And that also has the capacity for a kind of poetry. Just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean it's not compelling. For sure. Now, I, I didn't make it all the way through the film because I, I got the release mm-hmm. this morning. Um, I'm about right. halfway through, 45 minutes or so. Sure. Um, right. This this yeah. podcast will come out after it's been revealed, but were you guys able, I didn't see the end, so were you able to check out these guys after they were released from prison, any of these guys? like What, what was the deal with that? If I if I tell you I'm giving away the end, am I not? Oh yeah, I guess you are. Um, <laughs> but but I, I guess from an emotional standpoint, let's just say, what kind of sort of feelings did you get being involved with these guys? Like how into this conflicted. were you guys? Conflicted. I mean, we, we we follow we follow a number of stories. You know, one of the guys who popularized the notion of prison fight had been a WBC champion in conventional boxing. And he goes in there and, he, and you know, the, um, he, he sells this idea of prison fight to the wardens and the bureaucrats. And they figure, wow, if he can get glory for the prison and give us good publicity, this is, this is actually pretty cool because we have this huge meth epidemic. We have a really high incarceration rate. Um, the, the country has an enormous problems um, the, the criminal you know, the criminal justice system, maybe we can get some good publicity. But the, at the core of the film is a guy named Noy Kalpan. And when you meet him, he seems a fairly gentle and composed soul. A very good fighter. He trained, as so many kids in Thailand do, as a, as a Muay Thai professional. And he became a gang leader and stabbed someone in the neck and that person died and he got sent to prison. And he has the time he had a two-year-old son, and now that son is uh, about six or seven. And there's a scene where the son visits, and I think it'll blow you away. And you meet his parents, and they work in a chicken shop, and they're good, hard-working people. So Noy realizes what he's done. So you cannot help but empathize and even sympathize with Noy. You're rooting for him to get out and, and fight his way out of prison. And he has one big fight left. And then you meet the family of his victim. And then another narrative begins. So through this um, concluding fight, and he fights an American kid from Kansas who sort of translates everything into American vernacular, um, you have conflicting sympathies. You go, I, I don't know. Are they, are they, is, this, is, this, is the wrong guy being allowed to fight for his freedom or, or, or is he really reformed? And you don't know the answer. And the answer at the end is sort of ambiguous. And you're going to have to wait and see. Um, but that's, again, a long answer to, to a relatively succinct question. For sure. Now, <laughs> Did I, I get you where you want to go, though? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And two things that I have from that answer, I guess. From a personal perspective, yourself, 
Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing these guys convicted of murder, sexual assault, uh, drug charges, whatnot. Mm-hmm. How conflicted were you when you hear, hey, these guys can fight to be released? Like this would never happen in North America. Guys getting into a boxing or MMA ring to get released from prison for murder. Hold on a moment. I don't think so, but look, I was, conf- I, I was, I was, cl- uh, as a, as a writer, producer, my first instinct was bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a, as a closet moralist, I, I don't know how I felt about it. I mean, I, I do. I think, I think it's Dana White meets Dostoevsky. I really, I believe that. Um, I'm conflicted about it, but in the seventies, in and I'm sure this wasn't the only time this happened because the, the, the history of boxing is, you know, there's a, there's a whole prison history in boxing guys going to jail, guys coming out of jail, Bernard Hopkins is, there's a, a prison narrative underlying. There's, there's a prison narrative strain that runs through boxing. I don't know MMA, but I'm, I'm sure um, down the years, down the line in MMA, that will become apparent as well. Because, you know, people who live violent lives become fighters. Um, not, not all people who become violent lives and not all fighters um, have come from violent circumstances, but I, I, you get my point. But back in the 70s, um, there was a fighter by the name of James Scott. He's a light heavyweight boxer. And NBC and ABC televised his fights uh, from Rahway State Prison in New Jersey. And I believe he won a title, a light heavyweight title, while in prison. Now, that's a little bit different than the, the prison fight concept where you're actually fighting your way out. But the prison didn't have any problem with it. Um, I don't know if they were getting paid or what, but they certainly didn't mind publicity. The networks made money off the prisoners and the fights. Uh, and I'm sure the sanctioning bodies did as well. So while it's not as explicit as this, um, it, it's, you know, we here in the States at least shouldn't be quite so puritanical about the concept. It's not like it's complete virgin territory for us either. Definitely. Now, you spoke about narrative. I got to ask, obviously, mm-hmm. the film was narrated by the great Ron Perlman. Um, how, mm-hmm. how did this all come about? Because I myself, I mean, huge fan of the guy, uh, probably one of the greatest voices for any of this sort of voiceover work. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, Showtime, wanted, Showtime wanted Ron Perlman, and Showtime could afford him, and he did a great job. <laughs> Easy answer. Uh, we're, we're kicking, we're kicking, we're kicking some um, some names around, and the one that uh, that came through most powerfully, the the one that got the most support from the most influential people in the room, was Ron Perlman. Nice. So that's that's how that's above my pay grade for sure. <laughs> for sure. Now you know? I, I don't know if you knew this or, or saw this, but while I was googling stuff. Back in 2014, Viceland actually put out a Thai prison fight series. How, how would this right. five rounds to freedom um, compare or, you know, contrast in comparison to the Viceland series? I, I don't recall the, the Vice series in, in, in much detail. Um, I mean, ours is, is a, a single 90-minute film, beginning, middle, and end. It's not, it's not serialized. Um, I know the Vice, the Vice pieces got a lot of attention, but ours is 
you know, beginning, middle, and end. I, I think that where we're different is we're essentially following at, at the core of our piece is the story of, of this one guy, this one guy's journey, Noi. Um, so that's what I would suspect is, is different. Alrighty. So for people who haven't seen this show, uh, it came out or coming out Friday, February 24th on Showtime. I, I guess this is it. Just let them know why they should check it out, uh, what they can see. Uh, just pitch the, the film for people that, that want to check it out. Well, I hope I've been pitching it for the last 15 minutes. I mean, you definitely Dana White have. meets Dostoyevsky. That doesn't suck. You're going to get um, money, glory, all the all the vices, all the vanities, and the stakes couldn't be higher. I mean, it's one thing for a guy to fight for a belt. It's another thing for a guy to fight for his freedom. And when someone's fighting for his freedom, he can be particularly dangerous. That he can. Very well said. Uh, thank you for your time. Mark, I, I guess I just got to ask finally, when the sure. heck can we see you a sort of transition over to the mixed martial arts thing? I'd love to see the reveal or, or something like that with MMA or I, something like that, man. I would, uh, I don't know, ask it on Twitter. I'll, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to expand the, the brand of the reveal to do, you know, to do MMA fighters as well. I think it would be great. I really do. Um, yeah, man. You got no argument for me, pal. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. I really appreciate your time. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Feel better. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right.